0: I'd be lying if I said it's not an ongoing struggle. I would say on a daily basis, I I kind of struggle with the idea of that I don't have coworkers anymore. I came from a a traditional corporate environment before I went back to graduate school. And the idea of having to make my own hours, having, having to be personally accountable, not having a manager saying, great job on this, Jamie, this is where you need to improve has been really challenging for me in the sense that I'm the only one I'm accountable to.
1: Hello, Fempreneurs. Today I am excited to be interviewing Jamie. She is the founder of Flame Bearers. She's going to share how she built this platform for women, Olympians, and Paralympians. And she's going to share many of the inspiring stories of you know growing that um, organization and just all of the things that we have to do when we feel called to build something to help others. So Jamie discovered that only about 4% of the media that was going out into the world about the Olympics and Paralympics was about the women athletes, and so she wanted to change that, and she is doing a fantastic job. I cannot wait for you to connect with Jamie and to follow her on Instagram at Flamebearers and just see the incredible stuff she's doing, and we are so honored to have her here on the podcast sharing her story. All right, let's dive in. Your roster includes basketball legend Sue Bird and the world's number one pair of badminton player, India's Manchi Joshi. Yep. Um, <laughs> US- Women's national soccer team captain Becky Sauerbrunn, and so many more. What are some of these? What are some of the other names that maybe our listeners have heard of in the Olympic world?
0: Gosh, I feel like you're asking me to choose between my my unborn children. Um. So, if you're (laughs) soccer fans, I know in the United States, soccer is huge. We just featured Sam Mewis. And Lynn Williams, who are two stars of the U.S. soccer team, you mentioned Sue Bird. Uh, we have athletes from the Olympic refugee team. So um, Sanda Aldas from Syria is pretty well known. Uh, Masma Alizada from Afghanistan. Uh, you mentioned Mansi Joshi, who has her own Barbie doll, was literally Time India's woman of the year. Uh, so really runs the gamut for sure.
1: The woman that you mentioned from Syria, is that the one that that swimmers movie was about?
0: No, but same team, exactly. Same team. They're both on the Olympic refugee team, which is a relatively new phenomenon. It was um, essentially, I believe it started in 2016, I believe, um, as an effort to give athletes from war-torn countries the ability to compete in the Olympics and Paralympics.
1: Right. I would not have known about that. Well, my my boyfriend's family is from Syria, and my boyfriend was like, "Hey, we got to watch this movie. I heard about it. It's called Swimmers." And so we watched it. I was just like riveted. Absolutely, and wild. It was so neat that you came into my world. And I was like, "This is so cool." So, so many amazing stories that I'm sure you could share. Tell us how Flame Bears became like came to be. How did it start? What was that brainchild, and how did you kind of get it going?
0: Sure. So I'll give you the the professional answer first, and then I'll give you the personal answer. So professionally, 96% or about a percentage of media goes to male athletes. So that's about 4% of media goes to women athletes and of that measly four percent it pretty much all goes to white able-bodied athletes from the global north who play certain sports so Mm -hmm. if you are a brown or a brown or a black athlete if you play a less popular sport if you don't uh are not a member of the majority uh religion or ethnic group good luck getting any any coverage let alone coverage that doesn't paint you with the pity brush, so we wanted to change that um, and really put the athlete front and center, and um, tell the stories that they want told. I would say, personally, I was kind of at a phase in my life. I was in graduate graduate school. Um, I was at the Harvard Kennedy School, and I had really come to a phase in my my career, uh, personally and professionally, where I realized I did not want to work for a corporation who I disagreed with on certain issues. I had just lost my father, had had a very close scare with my mom, and essentially realized that life was too short to do anything that I didn't really believe in. So there was the need professionally, obviously, the lack of media coverage and the quality of coverage um, was a huge area of potential. And I think personally, I was ready and eager to try something new.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So for our Fempreneurs who are super curious about how you took your idea and then actually launched it into the world and created this amazing thing that you created, tell us some of those first steps that you took. How did you get it
0: going? You know, it's, it's so funny. I would be lying if I would told you that this was the plan. Um, this was actually my COVID adaption. So I had been pitching a role to the International Olympic Committee and Essentially, they said, oh, this seems really cool. But then COVID happened and the Olympics and Paralympics were postponed and no one was hiring. Um, I think I was very fortuitous in the sense that I was in a graduate school that had the funding and people who could mentor me and guide me. So what I did is I basically said, fine, okay, my dream job is not gonna happen right now. I guess I'll do it on my own. So what I did is I applied um, to funding within my graduate school. Um, I put together a team of mentors and advisors who have experience in the media world. And I said, you know what? I guess I'll just do this on my own. Um, Flash forward three years and where I am today, and it is now the preeminent global storytelling platform for this demographic. We have a podcast. We do live events, and we do video. But in the beginning, you know, this was just going to be my summer internship and an exploration. Um, in terms of other women who are looking to start something, I think the most important initial step that I found was surrounding myself with women who knew more about it than I did. Uh, my background was in media and marketing. But I had never built something from scratch myself, so I think it was really important to surround myself with people who I trusted and who I respected, who had done something like that before.
1: Wow, that is awesome. Where are you right now? By I'm the in way? Boston. Okay, here in Boston. Awesome. Wow, this is so cool. Um, okay, so your podcast was that part of your initial vision for this thing you were building? Were you like? podcast for sure or did that happen kind of after the fact when you realized you needed it or or how did the podcast come to be part of it?
0: The podcast was actually step one Um, because this was during COVID the idea of live events bringing people together in person was not a possibility Um, and I thought that podcast was going to be accessible to anyone in the world with a wi-fi connection and Mm -hmm. didn't impose didn't have a, a security or a health threat at all. So, when everyone was locked down and isolated, I thought a podcast would be the perfect medium to connect people. Um, I also thought you know personally, I was alone and lonely and isolated. And I think sports is something that brings a lot of people together, yeah. let alone sports of the Olympic and Paralympic caliber. I think that's something mm-hmm. that people from all over the world love to rally behind, let alone in a period when people are kind of starved of good news and are looking for something to connect around. So the podcast was actually square one for me, and it's it's kind of become our launchpad into these other storytelling mediums, but that is really to date been our bread and butter.
1: Cool. So tell- Tell us about the events. Tell us about your first ever event and how that all went down. Where was it? Give us all the details. Um,
0: So there was a couple smaller ones. What I would say, a first, like, really big one was out at the Super Bowl in the United States, Um, and we hosted an event the day before in Phoenix, Arizona, with four Flame Bearers athletes, so two Olympians, two Paralympians, and the idea was really to create a space where... Women could talk about what it meant to be a female athlete at a predominantly male, very masculine event. And it was really interesting to hear these athletes who have nine medals between them, Olympic and Paralympic athletes. So really best in the world. Talk about the energy they felt in Phoenix versus that they feel on a daily basis going to their meets or their competitions. Uh, so it was it was really meaningful in the sense that we were able to go to one of the largest sporting events um, in the world, definitely in the United States, and bring women who historically haven't had spaces like that to share their journeys.
1: Right, and so where did the vision for that event come from? Like, what a brilliant idea to piggyback it off of something that's already massive, already attracting tons of people to come to the Phoenix area was this something that you had been dreaming up for a while like who are your mentors and people that have helped you bring yeah. all this
0: stuff to life uh, so so this this event actually belonged to her name is Sheldon Roomer Bartlett um, she's the founder and ceo of this is it network so this was a this is it network and we we hosted one of the panels of this session so she is oh. the brainchild of this event okay. in terms of who my mentors are they they're from all over the world um, and have very different backgrounds i found that at different stages of the journey i've really leaned on different people with different expertise. So in the beginning it was people who had done podcasts before, who had put together business plans, who had ID. Now it's more about um, tapping into people who have skilled, who have developed partnerships, who have meaningfully monetized. So um, I would say that my my mentors and, and the skills that they have guided me on have changed as the phase i'm in has has continued to move forward
1: nice cool so you have had how many events now like do you have any coming up can you tell us what what we can get involved in how we can support you how you spread the word about what you're doing
0: so we we do have a number of, of events coming up we can't announce them quite yet but two ways that that we would love for people to support us, the first would be to follow us and engage with us on social. So it's Flame Bearers on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. The second would be. We are actively looking for sponsors of our upcoming podcast season, which is going to be elevating the voices of women who are trying to get to the Paris Olympics and Paralympics. If you work for a corporation um, that supports a lot of diversity, equity, inclusion work, supports women, we would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can can get involved in one of two ways either having your company sponsor our upcoming seasons, or we can actually bring athletes to your office. So this is something that we're actually in the process of putting together is a package where we bring a number of flame Bears athletes to your office, have them share their story with your employees. So if either oh, of those awesome. are of interest, would love to hear from you.
1: Oh, okay. Fantastic. And so they can learn more about that and get in touch with you at flamebearscom You got it. Okay. Okay, very cool. So take us to that really hard thing that you had to push through, like, take us back to that moment of just struggle and frustration and sort of tell us about it. And how did you move through that so that you could keep building this awesome thing that you're that you're building and that you have? Built.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would be i 'd be lying if I said it 's not an ongoing struggle. Um, the idea that it was you know a point that I passed and that it ended is is not true. Um, I would say on a daily basis i I kind of struggle with the idea of that I don't have coworkers anymore. I came from a, a traditional corporate environment before I went back to graduate school. And the idea of having to make my own hours, having, having to be personally accountable, not having a manager saying, great job on this, Jamie, this is where you need to improve, has been really challenging for me in the sense that I'm the only one I'm accountable to. Um, I also like to think that I'm accountable to the athletes that I work with, to the sponsors. But at the end of the day, if I just wanna crawl into bed and like turn my lights off, no one's gonna tell me I can't do that. Um, so I think, I think that has been, I'd say the most liberating, but also the hardest part of this. Um, and then I would say going from being in a graduate school environment, which is very supportive out into the real world has been another challenge um, as I'm looking to, to scale and grow. So applying to accelerator programs, fellowships, things like that.
1: Okay. Uh, Thank you for your honesty. I really appreciate you just being so real and raw about that. Um, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs who – and and that's that's honestly I don't think that that answer has ever come up and I, I ask that question every time in some way or another and I Think that's really great that you just shared that I think that's going to make a lot of Fempreneurs feel normal and okay and like you can do it even though you're struggling with you know this feeling of Of loneliness and and interestingly enough. That's why I created this community You know <laughs> exactly. is exactly for the reason you just shared so um, I do think that you know, for my story, getting around more female entrepreneurs who were kicking ass, even though there were days when they were feeling like it was hard, they were still moving forward. That was the game changer for me. And you had mentioned some mentors and finding some different mentors that, you know, fill, fill in when you are advancing. Um, do you have any stories or any shout outs you want to share about anyone in particular that has really supported you and helped you along the way?
0: Yeah, I, I would. Say um, actually one of my first advisors. So when I was um, still a graduate student at the Harvard Kennedy School, Dr. Kesley Hong, and she was actually the person who, not who really called me out and challenged me to include Paralympians. And now I would love to say that of course this entire time I was going to do Paralympians and Olympians. That's not true. Um, essentially, there's a lot of confusion around in the world what the Paralympics are, are they the Special Olympics, are they the Olympics? So to to just clear that up, the Paralympics are a completely separate um, Olympics, but for people with disabilities. They're usually two weeks after the Olympics, which are different than the Special Olympics, which are for people with cognitive disabilities or cognitive changes. What's really interesting about Dr. Hong was this was during Black Lives Matter in the United States when a lot of people were talking about the responsibility of white people to participate and engage in conversations around allyship. And she said, Jamie, how does what's going on in our political climate relate to what you're doing right now? And I very quickly realized as an able bodied woman that I had a responsibility and frankly, an opportunity to work with athletes with disabilities in the same way that as a white person, I have a responsibility and opportunity to talk about issues of race. So I think that, you know, I always am a little sheepish to share that, but I think it's important for for people to own and acknowledge where ideas came from, but then also to realize that you're not going to figure it out all the time on your own and that For those reasons, it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to challenge you and get you to think about things that you previously hadn't.
1: I love that. That's a great answer. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. This is a juicy episode. (laughs) Um, I did listen to a couple of your episodes and I have a few more downloaded. I'm really excited to learn more um, because what a perfect pairing for, you know, for female entrepreneurs listening to your podcast. With all these women who have achieved some pretty high success, and just all those things they had to do to get there, and you're, you've, you've created a platform for them to share—that is so amazing. So thank you so much for doing that, and all the hard things you've had to push through. Thank you for pushing through it and bringing your idea to life. Because ultimately, um, yeah, you're obviously impacting thousands of lives. And no, thank you.
0: Well, thank you. I, I actually like to kind of turn it back to the athletes saying that they're the ones doing the hard work and I'm literally just giving them the credit that that I think they deserve. Um, So they were the ones who honestly helped me get through COVID when you know, whining if I could get out of bed and hear people who are literally training for the Olympics and Paralympics, not knowing if they're even gonna happen. So um, I think Mm -hmm. they're the ones who who really deserve the credit. And I I hope we get to a a world where frankly, I'm not needed. (laughs) where everyone is wanting to hear their stories. Um, So that's the world that I'm, I'm hoping we get to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did you know that the best way to help other fempreneurs find this podcast is by following or subscribing? If you love these weekly doses of marketing power, guess what? Other fempreneurs are going to love them too. And you have the power to help them find this podcast. Thank you so much for helping us empower more women to build their dream businesses. All right, let's get back to today's episode. So I'm curious to know why Olympians and why sports and athletics in general. Like, tell take us back to young Jamie when you were a young little girl. Yeah. What what about your childhood kind of brought you here? Sure. Maybe a person or an event or something.
0: Totally. So um, first and foremost, when I talk to these athletes, I never bring up my identity as an athlete because. Comparing myself to them in any way is just laughable. You know, yes, I was a three-sport high school athlete. I was a college athlete for a year. But in their world, I'm a communications expert and I'm a marketer. I'm never going to put on the, the athlete hat because guess what? There's former professional athletes who started podcasts. There's athletes who have so many more accolades than I do. So I'm not even going to play that game with them. In a conversation with you, um, I would say that sport has – been kind of one of the areas where I've had some of my greatest joys, also some of my most cringeworthy moments. It's frankly just been one of my biggest teachers. And I think that at the time of the global pandemic, when everyone was feeling really alone, I thought that it could be a way to bring people together. Now, flashback to where my country, the United States was, there was and continues to be a lot of political kind of tribalism and and culture clashes. And my hope was that sport could be something that everyone could rally around. So personally, I had the experience of having it be, you know, a really wonderful way that I was able to connect with others and community around me. But then I was also hoping that it would be a way to bring people together.
1: Really cool, really cool. So do you have any stories from when you were you know, when you were an athlete yourself and you were, you know, fighting hard to achieve something that you could share with entrepreneurs. I mean, kind of, I'm kind of doing what you do to your athletes all the time right now. So you, you get to like be the athlete right now and, and share your tips and tricks and those things that helped you when you were, you know, working towards achieving whatever it was in your athletic world at the time.
0: Yeah. Um, this is probably not traditional or the answer that that you're expecting um one of the reasons why why i stopped uh playing in college was so i had i had pretty debilitating obsessive compulsive disorder so ocd and um my dynamic with the coach at the time was not enjoyable and i essentially had gotten to a point where soccer was no longer fun and enjoyable which is what it was for me i was not going to become a professional athlete it was something that i was doing that was adding value or supposed to be adding value to my life. And I think that the story that I want to convey is that I was really, I didn't tell anyone why I quit. Um, I was really quiet about that because the idea of mental health was not something that people were talking about. Um, It was kind of pushed under the rug and something that was shameful. And and I just wasn't strong enough. If I I had OCD, I should be able to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And I think what I would want to say is that I'm really excited about the recent trend with athletes and just anyone talking about how they're feeling mentally and emotionally. um, I think that that makes everyone better and everyone stronger. So not the traditional victory we won. We won a national championship or anything like that. But I think it was probably one of the most informative and best decisions of my life.
1: Oh, I love that answer. That is, yeah, yeah, such a, like so much about this interview with you, Jamie has been so unique and I just <laughs> really appreciate you. You're like a breath of fresh air. Um, I, you're just so real and raw and, um, and it all comes from a place of caring for, for women and for wanting to help them. And that's so, so clear in everything that you've said and, and obviously in everything you do and, um, yeah, I actually had a similar experience. I played I played basketball. That was my sport, and um, we we played we we made provincials up in Canada. You know, we have our provinces, right? So we made provincials, and and uh, at the end of grade 11, I had one more year. I could have played grade 12 basketball, and I chose not to just because it was not a positive experience. I I felt like it was bringing out the worst in me I wasn't looking forward to practices or going away for weekend tournaments with these girls um you know looking back I definitely take some credit for some of that I could have probably done things a little differently differently but I just chose to step away from it and I immediately started playing in my small town on this women's in this women's league and I was like MVP of the year and I was always having fun and I would look forward to going to play basketball and so I totally agree with you like you know pushing through the hard stuff just to see that you achieved a high level, I don't think that that's good.
0: No. And and I'm, I'm the number one proponent of hard work and, you know, busting your butt, but I think there's a, there's a way to do it smartly and effectively. And then a time to step back and say, Hey, what's my real goal here? And I realized that I was not happy. I was, you know, had lost the joy of what I had originally gone into it. So it was, it was really hard to walk away, but I think, doing so allowed me to basically find my best friends and to go into this new career that I never would have found otherwise
1: being that we're kind of on the topic and have been off and on this whole time about mental health and and how you take care of yourself. And one of those big decisions was to step away from, from soccer. What are you doing these days to stay kind of on top of your mental health? Not that we are ever fully on top of it, but like what are some of your practices or some of the things you've discovered that really help you feel mentally well in this entrepreneurial world, I guess. Yeah.
0: So I actually have what I kind of, equate to as a menu so if I'm having a really bad day and my boyfriend is is so sick he, he's very very gracious with me I'm, I'm kind of moody to be honest um, essentially I have a list of like five to ten things that make me feel better and I'll be like okay what type of day is it is it a sit down on the couch and eat a pint of ice cream day no is it a call your best friends and have them you know and talk to them about about what's going on with them Will that help me today? Maybe not. And, and I have like a list of literally five to 10 things that generally make me feel better. Maybe it's literally having a bubble bath in a glass of wine in the bath. Um, yes. But these are all things that I know in general make me feel better. Um, so I have this list. And then what I do is I kind of go through my mind. And I'm saying, OK, what, what, what will help me most right now? And I usually then kind of go towards that. Exercise is usually on the list. Um, Mm -hmm. I just completed my second marathon. Yoga is on the list. So exercise and fitness, first and foremost. Sleep and good food are always there too. But I think the idea of really giving myself permission to go towards what would help me in that moment, and frankly not beating myself up for it. Sometimes I just need to say goodnight today's a wash i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and it's gonna be better um and i think you know being in these competitive environments people are so hard on themselves they're like oh you weren't productive today but i don't know i think that's really short-sighted
1: yeah absolutely um i know like so many fempreneurs, printers who needed to hear you say that right now so thank you for that <laughs> well, I'm reminding <laughs> myself
0: too yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love the list of five things. I don't have an official list of five things, but the top of my list, if I were going to make one, would definitely be just like dropping everything, leaving my phone in the house and going for a walk with my dog. I live by a river, so I have kind of a loop that oh, I do. And so nice. yeah, it's funny how th- things just melt away by the time I get back home from that walk.
0: <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, put putting the phone away, logging off social media, huge fan of that.
1: Yeah, Absolutely um okay so i have one last question which you have probably already answered a few different ways already so maybe you can just you know hit one of those home for us but what would you tell your 10 year younger self so 10 years ago the person you were then what would you tell her not like that you're gonna have regrets or anything but just anything that you kind of just whisper in her ear to be like
0: hey yeah um you know it's funny because my mom literally told me this constantly but it didn't hit me until, or I didn't internalize it until losing my dad and then almost losing her was the idea to really go for what I want. You know, my my parents were always very supportive of me growing up, but I, I don't think I ever had the courage really to to believe in myself. Um, and that makes me sad to say that. I wish I could be like, yes, I've always been the person to raise her hand. No, I was a little bit more reserved um, and a little bit more hesitant. Um, so I would say just never doubt yourself and to go for exactly what you want.
1: Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. So everybody needs to connect with you here on Instagram at Flamebearers. And of course, on your website, I know from experience, I've been all over it. It is so much awesome stuff there. So flamebearers.com. Is there anything else you'd like to leave Fem Printer listeners with before we hop off?
0: Nope. This is it. Excited to hear from everyone and uh, to be a part of the same community.
1: I'm- Absolutely. Excited to be able to spread the word about what you're doing. I am so, so pumped for all the things that are coming up that you're building that I don't even know about yet, <laughs> that i need to find out about soon. So yeah, thank you for all the work that you do, Jamie, and have a really great rest of your thank day. Thank you,
0: Lindsay. Okay. okay bye. bye. Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I and other women like you, head over to femteam.com. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.